Dennis and Trevor Hunt from BBC Radio Manchester. Rock and Rugby League on White Line Fever. Welcome to episode 15 of White Line Fever. We're confusing the hell out of the guys here because we're doing it all out of sync. <laughs> I've got Jimmy, and, I got Jimmy and, and Michael here from Taikero. They're just about to go on stage in Sheffield. Now, a, a recurring theme in the clippings that I've seen from you guys recently is technology. Um, you know, and I mean, is this the album that Skype made? Can you talk us through the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike would answer that. He's been on it so much, forget about it. Uh, you know? Taiketo has, uh, well, besides the first record, which was international, Geffen, videos, al- uh, radio, tour, support, just about every possible tool you could have at your disposal, things are much different these days. Um, we've always kind of, uh, for the last decade at least, we've built our fan base one person at a time. So we started a number of different marketing venues, just more, it, it's... Uh, Kind of lending with what we just talked about with the, the, the music itself, it, it's even the, the, the promotional aspect of the band has a very grassroots approach to it. So we're trying to find ways to get the songs out to people just so they can kind of hear snippets of them, get, get a little used to them. Um, we started the, the Facebook campaign's been crazy. The MySpace campaign's been crazy. We started a YouTube campaign. It's all in-house, all by the band. And uh, one turn to two, I think we're up to five, 6,000 hits on the YouTube site. There's 3,000 fans on the Taiketo group. So it seems like our little army is gathering one, one person at a time. So it seems to be working. But you actually wrote music on Skype. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. There, there, I, I know your question. There, there was a lot of stuff going, bouncing back and forth, yeah, through, through the Skype and the Internet. You know, fi- <laughs> files going back and forth. Our, our yes. first band we picture... Yeah. It was a group. My wife took it. It's it's Brooke and Bobby and I in my living room <laughs> with Danny's face on, on my laptop, and we go ahead. And that that was actually our first bad picture. So whether it's uh, <clears throat> creating the songs, producing them, working on them, um, promoting the band, everything is like right now. We're probably going to wrap up here. Brooke's going to go home, and for the month of December, we don't know how the record's going to get finished. But there's going to be a lot of flying back and forth with yeah. all that stuff to be yeah. crazy. These guys got their you know, home studios at home, so a lot of the stuff is going to be done. A lot of files are going to be transferred, like you said, like over the internet, a lot of conversations, I'm sure, through Skype. It'll get done. A lot of bands, uh, particularly of a certain era, like our era, they're a bit scared of technology, but you've, you've embraced it. Like You even had like a... Um, a web uh, concert the other day. Like, how did that? Did it work? I mean, every time people try to do big things online, something doesn't work. I mean, how did it go? <laughs> Taiketo is notorious for. We're pretty much like the Gilligan's Island of rock bands. Like, whatever can go wrong normally Why does. Don't you? But, but, <laughs> um, we we came up with the idea uh, through the years. We went to Spain for the first time and just saw this massive audience. We went to Greece for the first time, went to Italy for the first time. We were just uh, a band uh, with our limited touring possibilities, such as Taiketo. We, we kind of discussed how can we get to the world in one mm. shot. So the idea for the webcast came up. Um, it was a logistical nightmare. Who didn't get their code? Who can't log on? Who doesn't know what they're So that aspect was crazy. I think they checked in from like eight different countries. The day before the shoot, the venue told me their internet signal wasn't strong enough, so I had to go knocking on doors in my neighborhood. I found a pub that would let us in. Uh, the whole thing was <clears throat> on a wing and a prayer, and we couldn't have been happier with the result. Every, the, the, start, the planets aligned that day, and everything worked out perfectly for us. It was really a very, very successful day. It doesn't really um, sound like we're going to have um, as much time as you know, we'd like, but, uh, but I mean, what are your hopes for this record? Like, I mean, um, 
your hopes are to reach as many people as possible, I suppose. I mean, how hard is it to organise tours? Let's say it went, got massive. I mean, you've got other commitments. What, what would you do? Like, how, have you thought about it? No. We haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> I think uh, we'll Those take it as it comes. Yeah, good problems to have, and hopefully that will happen. We'll see. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll be ready for whatever comes our way. And any touring plans that maybe people haven't heard of yet? We're looking at the summer. Um, pretty much when, when Danny went solo in 2001, we, we kind of adapted. Before, before Danny's first solo record on the three Taiketo studio albums, on Don't Come Easy and uh, Shine and Strength in Numbers, it was our career. It was our job. So there was a different, uh, there was a different headset with, with the band. It was, there was much more out of necessity. With Danny moving ahead from the Vaughn Records, now we went to Taiketo Record. It's Jimmy and I were just talking about it on the way here. Everybody's here by choice. There's not as much pressure. So for me personally, making a great record, it, I've already reached my goal for this album. Mm-hmm. Anything else that happens as a result of that will be bonus. But it was, it was to kind of have something that we could all be happy with. Guys, another song. I've got heaps more questions written out here. We're not going to get time to go what through. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I never shut up. <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, give us another song and a, and a great introduction. I'm going to say End of the Summer Days. It's my favorite Taiketo song. It's my favorite live song we play. It was written where Jimmy and I live. And uh, got a good vibe. So I'm going to say Thanks for coming on the program, fellas. Thank you very much. Some brand new ties.
Monster Magnet, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Welcome back to episode 15 from London, England. Uh, that was Taiketo. Coming up, Michael Monroe and Urge Overkill, the final installments of those interviews that you would have heard over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, this week in Rugby League, Paul Anderson confirmed as Nathan Brown's replacement at Huddersfield in 2013, while England confirming that they will stay home next October because of the intransigence of NRL clubs. NRL clubs don't want to release players. They say they've got a verbal agreement that will be a light representative year next year. I can understand why um, Australia's second test of the year, uh, they're only playing two, can't just be against England instead of New Zealand. Uh, And then New Zealand can also uh, play England. Uh, We've got a tour and the clubs don't have to release players for any more games than they would otherwise have to. Just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, In rock, plenty of speculation as to who will show up when Guns N' Roses are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April. Slash says he has not confirmed his attendance. And many predict everyone but Axl Rose will eventually go. That is, if the original members all show up, um, and Duff McKagan has certainly indicated in his newspaper column that he will, then Axel will refuse to go. Uh, that's what uh, the people in the know are predicting. Uh, coming up, uh, the first in our series of outtakes from uh, my classic rock AOR piece on Motley Crue, even though it ran for 5,000 words. There was still plenty of stuff I couldn't get in the story uh, today. Nicky Six discusses his philosophies for dealing with social media and this here internet that you're probably on right now. Then there's a great new song from Bang Tango, Dick in the System, not to be confused with the Skid Row song of the same name. You can find all uh, my stories, new and old, on every subject uh, that you can think of uh, on stevemascord.com. There's also a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash stevemascord.com hourly. Uh, rock and Rugby League news updates on that. Updates every hour. Um, and also whitelinefever.ning.com for this program. This week's discussion topic at whitelinefever.ning.com is does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have a bias against KISS? And if so, what is that bias? Do you think they just uh, think that they're overrated musically? Do, they, do you think that they don't like theatrical rock? Um, do you think they see them as a gimmick band? Why? If the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a set against KISS, what is that set? Tell me what you think. I'm The Real Stevis on Twitter. That's T H E R E A L S T E A V I S. Here's Nikki Six. Is the same as I have in real life, whether mm. we're talking now or we're sitting over dinner, I'm sitting with my friends, you know, with my kids, you know. Um, I, I try to expose as much of my real self as, as I can without uh, infringing on anybody else's privacy, mm. meaning my children mostly, you know. Mm. So I. I I just do it. I, I do it. I shoot from the hip. Huh. Um, I told uh, my friend. They said, "Man, you know, so you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, and anytime you want to send, you know, they they just love you." I said, "Oh, but but you're also wrong." And they said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, I have as many people that hate me, and when the day and when the day is is done, that's that is important that you have as many people that go." Fuck him as much as I love him, and 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 if, if you know, rock and roll loses its balance when you try to appease people, and you don't, you're not willing to ruffle a feather. No, I don't need no assembly line 
And you're on White Line Fever. Okay, uh, welcome back to White Line Fever, and I'm here with uh, Urge Overkill, um, at least two of them. And um, and what I wanted to, the next thing I want to ask about, and is just to go back, way back to the um, what it was like, and must, not many people will get to experience this. Is to tour not only with um, Nirvana during Nevermind, but also Pearl Jam during the Versus tour. I mean, it must be an incredible experience to be. You know, on a ride like that, and to see um, records explode while you're on the road, what was it like? Well, I have to say, both of the bands uh, in question were really, you know, we we you you really get to to know and appreciate a band when you can see them play every night, and we were really still amazed by, uh, you know, there there's there was hype around uh, the whole thing at the time and. But it was really a time when guitar music was gonna conquer the world, and mm. it's like good uh, heavy rock was part of the the most important, you know, musical movements for for generations. And uh, you know, it, it was it was really cool. The music, uh, popular music, was not uh, to our liking at the time. You know, uh, at the time uh, we were on tour with Nirvana, they knocked. Michael Jackson off <laughs> the charts. Who, uh, I mean, the Jackson Five, of course, we we love that stuff. But you know, it was a time for a change, and it was, uh, I think, a, a legitimate, legitimate. Uh, it was at the time uh, when I guess it was grunge or whatever that that sort of '90s guitar thing happened. It was, uh, I think, it was sort of a. Uh, it was a very pure. 
uh, uh, movement. I mean, it's not something you can put into words, but we felt like it was important and and it, it, it felt know. like we were in the eye yeah, you mm. could t- it was like being in the eye of some storm but mm. like that we were as confused as they were i mean like, <laughs> not, not, no one knew what was going on you know, yeah but, yeah but it was, yet it was happening but if, which brings me to my next question um that one of the um illinois street press said um um that urge overkill became the cliches they were pillaring pillorying you know though that's kind of like um it, the suits were supposed to sort of almost take as they say here take the piss out of arena rock and yet and then i think one of you said it was we became behind the music i mean is that um is that an accurate observation or, 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 what, or what do you think well i think it it did sort of become a a, a problem because we were uh, we were sort of lampooning rock, but also, you know, writing I think pretty real songs that that sometimes uh, sometimes were ironic and sometimes not. And I think uh, we were having a good time, but I think uh, there was some question about our uh, whether we were genuine or not. Mm. And uh, I think the people who know the band best and understand the best know that that's the line we walk that makes it it, it entertaining. Mm. We're not, uh, you know, painfully sincere, <laughs> but we're not, you know, <clears throat> totally uh, disrespecting the the. Well, we are. No, we're, we're songwriters. We're performers, mm. and and. Uh, uh, I, you know, we, I, we we didn't catch that angst train. I guess we we came we came about at a time. There was sort of a before and after where, it, I don't know that it was realistic to think that that we would ever uh, reach a you know a national or international popularity or huh. celebrity, if you will. And in a way, we we didn't compare to a lot of bands. But you know, around town, it's the hometown people sort mm-hmm. of thought saw us getting uh you know bigger than than anyone mm. expected and uh doing some things that they didn't expect from us and we 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 just got better mm-hmm. and i think uh you know we we changed and and that that throws people there's a little hometown jealousy going on there our, our, our time sorry you gonna say something no our time's almost up but uh, this is the question i'm sure you get asked this in every single interview you do about uh girl you'll be a woman soon Absolute blessing, part curse. Is there any negative about that? I'm sure you get asked that a lot, but how do you how do you look back on it? Well, I'm a girl. We have no complaints. I mean, I'd you know never underestimate the power of a three minute pop tune. I mean, it, it wrapped us around the world, you know, in, um, first class style, and uh, you know, I mean, no regrets. It was a it was a global hit movie and uh, a, a hit uh, soundtrack. Those don't those two don't always go hand in hand. And, and uh, you know we 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 rode that wave, you know, and uh, it was a nice ride. Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll be watching Pulp Fiction in a hundred years, so uh, <laughs> we're we're cool with that. We think. Okay. Uh, we're, sorry. Yeah, we're ahead. in London. You guys are American. The reason we're doing this interview is because you're going to Australia early next year. I'm Australian. So have you got some good memories of Australia? What how have you found found it over the years? How have you found your fan base? From uh, you, great you, fans. Some you, of the best places. If you put a loaded gun to our head uh, and asked us for a bad memory of of, of Oz, I mean, <laughs> I'd say you have you've got to pull the trigger. No, we, <laughs> yeah, we we we've had a great time there, and and uh, we'll go back anytime. So we really look forward to it. Guys, thanks for coming on the program, and uh, you get to uh, pick one more song of your own. 
I would say toss to a cop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thank See, uh, traveling. It's about traveling. <laughs> traveling, yeah. Broaden the spectrum. Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right, teeny boppers. Let me get my, uh, where's my harmonica?
what's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Okay, we're uh, back with Michael Monroe. It's the final part of this interview. We've run overtime, but he's, inter- he's shown us his book. It looks awesome. Can't wait for it to come out in Australia. Now, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to ask you the Hanoi reunion question that everyone else asks Good. you. Did you keep up with the lyrics in the last song? You're getting away by causing error to develop like a human machine. You're never privy to the relative or formative fancy. It's not a second-hand apology, no matter what the pipe is. Broken on the best of me, and now you want the rest of me to be dang clean. Maybe stand up on the ashes in a token of amplified aggressive animosity that nobody would ever see without a common enemy. Take your shirt, I'm standing here, you know. But what I what I was going to ask, because I did see in one interview you said, I, I could have done that for the rest of my life if it had worked out that way. Yeah. Do, oh, you, do, you, yeah, do you have, if you wanted to trade under the name, could you? I mean, like so many others have, just trade under the name? No, there, there's no such concept that I can uh, conceive of. Right. You mean like with Hanoi Rocks? With the yeah, name? yeah, if you just wanted to call your current band that, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. No way in hell would I do that. I never would. I never even thought I was ever going to be using that name until the thought of a rebirth occurred to me. And it actually, what, that's what it really was. It was me and me getting to know Andy McCoy, kind of getting reacquainted and sort of we learned to know each other in a totally new way. And it was interesting to me because it was, it was a situation where we both had, uh, you know, something very heavy and tragic happen in our lives. I lost my wife of 15 years, and uh, just before, around the same time, Andy had had this accident where he fell off a balcony and broke his legs. I mean, it's a, it's a mere of three stories. He fell mm-hmm. down. Most people would have died. He was totally, uh, by, it was miraculous how he, uh, he survived. He was on... His legs were in 100 pieces. It was like his bones were all broken and stuff. He was in a wheelchair at first. The doctor said he, he's never going to walk again. He started walking on it with, you know, he was in a wheelchair first, then he got on crutches and he started walking with a stick, and, you know, now he's walking. And he's mm. got titanium, whatever. His legs are like, it's like a, you know, metal, whatever, bionic <laughs> man. It was, it's incredible how he recovered. But we were both kind of like on demand and we got to know each other in a different way. And uh, unlike in the 80s, this time he had noticed, he knew that uh, he'd seen me come onto my own as a songwriter and he'd learned to respect my uh, input as a, uh, you know, mm. as a writer. And uh, therefore it was interesting and fun to see what we could accomplish together after all these years after all the time and after all the experience we we'd had and we we'd grown as people we'd learned a lot more we we evolved like i think you know try to get better at what you do all the time and yeah. uh, so now it was it was a, a kind of a closure it was interesting to see however even though i'm the the way i am i usually if i if i get into something i dedicate my whole everything you know my whole life to it so this was something i yeah, therefore, I put my solo career was kind of like on um, kind of dormant on hold for the Hanoi thing. I put everything into that, and I didn't have a MySpace for Michael Monroe. Everybody <laughs> else did. Everyone else in the band, yeah. and that band actually it was mainly the difference was it was me and Andy as uh, mainly me and Andy and the guy, the rest of the guys, as opposed to in the '80s, Hanoi Rocks was the whole you know mm-hmm. like a family, you know, mm-hmm. all five of us. So. That was a difference, but the band did get pretty good in uh, about 2000 and two, 2005 when Connie Bloom and uh, uh, AC Cristel, the Electric Boys guys, uh, Swedish guys, they joined the band. That's when it was really, really good. 
But ironically, my band now is more of a band than Hanoi, that new reborn, reborn mm. Hanoi Rocks ever was. Mm. So uh, I'm, I feel very blessed. It came to a point where it wasn't really going anywhere, and uh, that's when it was time to sort of, uh, you know, either uh, let it stifle my creativity or just face the fact and move on. And, you know, there was a day that I called Andy and said, look, let's face it. We're not writing anymore. We haven't written anything for a year. Let's just call it a day. Maintain the integrity of the name, and you know, have we did three great records, and it was great to see where it went. And now we noticed. Where now we see that it's not going any further, and it was good to do that. But now it's time to move on. So that's what happened. Now Michael Monroe is here, and uh, you know he's doing his thing. And uh, yeah, I think we. Uh, I think we entertained a lot of people uh, over the seven years that that thing was happening, and it was good to see and good to do. Michael, I haven't even got halfway through my questions, but I think uh, I've got a train to catch. You've got to get going. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, and one more song. One more song. One more song. What do we got there? <laughs> hey, well, you've been playing 78 at all? 78, is that it? Would you like to play 78? Yeah, I thought it was great like Tonight Live, that song. Yes, let's play this song, 78. It's about the year 78, but not nostalgically. It's about the spirit and you know, great punk, punky kind of attitude. A lot of bands came out with that punky stuff, and that really had an impact on all of us, and that's what we're singing about. You can take the boy out of 78. Can't take 78 out of the boy. We still got it, and we keep going. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. God bless you. And I can't wait to come to Australia one day and rock out over there. I always want to go, and I'm coming for too long. I'll be down there, way down under.